The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Unpacking the Toolbox is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. Like how unattractive I am. Like, I'm a real chameleon. Are you fucking kidding me? Shut the fuck up. No, no. Like, me without makeup is impressive, and me with makeup is. I'm a fucking dream you woman. Look fucking what do you hot. Want? Yo, Thanks, how was the audition? It was my first time ever using a teleprompter. Have you ever done oh, that? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I've used teleprompters, but not for scripted stuff, only for like hosty type things. Well, when I get like eight pages of monologues now, I'm like, oh, guys, especially if it's like DEA crap. Speaking yeah. of DEA and lawyerly speak, we have the fucking most mischievous guest today coming on. And he's the best lawyer speak motherfucker actor I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah. Can you believe this motherfucker and how easy I it know. comes to him? I hate him. I know. I, I know. And he and I'm drilling yeah. like legal talk and making it feel like it just like comes off the tongue and also it takes me days to prep that and this oh, shit same. came in like yesterday yeah it takes me days because i need to be confident like yes. i want to feel 100 confident yeah but this motherfucker i mean you've said this before he'll oh my god he'll look at that shit in the makeup trailer oh, and be like for the first time ever and then get it in his and it's easy and he's not even shaken he can't be shook he's well because he could give a shit too he's like i don't care I, I don't know. care. Why I just do want the paycheck, cares? right? Why do, I mean, this is his middle name should yeah. be. I just want, want the paycheck. The paycheck. <laughs> had you ever had auditions where you have to like pick up sides or a script oh that like my Kinko's God. or something? All the time. Are you kidding? All the time. Really? When I first moved to LA, I would have to drive to my agency and there would be a basket in the lobby if it was oh, after yeah. hours and they would leave oh, yeah. your script. 
in a manila envelope with your name on it. Oh, yeah. I remember that. At the time of this recording, I would just also like to say this is the 17th year to the day anniversary when I moved to Los Angeles. What? Oh, that's a long time. It's a long time. Like, I can't even believe it. But I always remember getting off at LAX, being like, what did I just do to blow up my life like this? Renting a beater piece of shit fucked up up car. And I got on the 405 and the 10, scariest drive of my entire life. And I had a Thomas guide to get around. (laughs) Some big ass nerd created the Thomas guide. I was like, don't (laughs) even come at me with this thick book of fucking coordinates. Like, what are you talking about? That's how I used to try to get around auditions. Oh, hell no. I'm a geographic dum-dum. I'm a bad driver, like very bad, which reminds me. Also, you and I, you and I are cut. We have the same brain. We shot the pilot. And it's raining and you're in a, you're so hot. You're in a leather jacket and you're in a Jeep Wrangler that has no top. Oh my God, remember? And and Uh, you're like, can I follow you to get on the 101? And I kept saying like, yeah, 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 I got it. I got it. I got it. And I see you in my rear view mirror, like following me and I don't know where I'm going. And I just remember I keep pulling Yui's and you're pulling Yui's and it's raining as shit. Yeah. I was like, it would be worse if it was just me, girl. I wasn't impressed at all. I was like, do your thing. Take your time. Now, there are a few controversial players that we have had on the podcast and that we're going to have on the podcast. Controversial players. This one is a controversial player because he is a polarizing motherfucker. This is the number one fucking polarizing motherfucker. Like, you either are on board with his antics or you are afraid, which makes you mad at him. Yeah. I fucking teeter-totter. I'm back and forth. Like, I love him, and I, I laugh, and I enjoy it. And then I'm like, I cannot believe you freaking did that. I'm so <laughs> pissed at him. Like, I go back and forth. He's kind of scared of you. I could feel that, too. Because I'll go off on a motherfucker. Yeah, see, he never fucked with you. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like it's because he was always a little bit like, oh, you don't do that to Guillermo. Right. Like, you don't, there, he didn't do to you what he's done, did to me, or because I'm such a fucking easy target. But here's the thing, he's the most talented dude without trying, which is so frustrating. Yeah, yes. Like, Josh Molina is the smartest person in the room. Oh, yeah. But also a quick wit and a quick intelligence. Uh, like, I, uh, people ask me a question, and I have to be like, give me 20 minutes <laughs> To go try to understand the question and think of what I'm going to say. Sometimes, guys, we would do cold reads of our scripts and I would be fucking mortified that they would find out in a cold read like how exactly dumb I am. That like I wouldn't know how to pronounce a word or there might be like a turn of phrase or something that was like a colloquialism. Same. Like quickly look at Quinn's lines to make sure there wasn't something that would out how like unintelligent I was because <laughs> there were so many fucking smart people in our cast. Like, do you know that Bellamy Young and Josh Molina went to Yale? Fucking Yale, dude. Like, Yale. are you kidding? And yeah. Shonda went to Dartmouth. Half the writers or more were like journalists, perfect, like yeah. unbelievable talent. Where did, where did talent. Carrie go, Katie? Do you know? Did Carrie go went to GW. Oh, to GW. That's right. That's right. Obviously, she's a political animal and just ridiculously smart. Where did you go, Katie? Well, I went to Tisch School of the Arts <laughs> at NYU. Oh, but you, you don't got to be smart to get in there. Well, listen, it's not easy to get into. No. You have to have done well, but it has nothing to do with smarts for me. I just was good at school. And if yeah, I wasn't yeah, going to yeah. get a great grade, I knew how to do extra time in the teacher's room to make them like me and give me right, an A. Like, right, I was right, working right. that shit. 
Hell yeah. From Jump. But guys, we have teased one of the most controversial and polarizing guests to have ever been on the Scandal Rewatch <laughs> podcast and on Scandal. I love him. I think he's so amazing. And we are talking about episode 201 called White Hats Off, which aired on September 27th of 2012. And it was written by Jenna Bands and directed by our very own, we love him so much, Tom Verica. We love you, Tom Verica. Yeah. It was guest starring Wendy Davis as Kimberly Mitchell, Reese Rios as reporter number one, Denora Walcott as reporter number two, Erica Schaefer as TV newscaster, Jay Jackson as local newscaster. And then we have Jimmy Kimmel as himself, Jackson Hurst as Congressman Jacob Shaw, Jillian Armenante as Moira O'Donnell, Mara Soden as Dr. Brown, and I wanted to add Shelley Morrison as the judge who played Rosario in Will and Grace. I mean, Whoa! come on. She was the come judge. Come on. This is the synopsis. This was our first episode back. I mean, after we shot the first seven episodes of the first season, we didn't know for sure if we were going to get a second season. Right. We didn't know. Six months after Quinn's arrest, Olivia and the OPA team are confident they'll win her case as David Rosen's evidence is mostly just Quinn's motive, her cheating ex-boyfriend, and the fact that she fled. The OPA team helps a congressman navigate a sex tape scandal as Quinn's case begins to crumble around her. But Olivia refuses to let Quinn be found guilty. Probably because she and Huck were the ones actually behind Quinn's new identity. <laughs> I remember literally spending all summer with people asking me if I knew who Quinn Perkins was. And I was like, uh, nope. uh no. Because because at the the cliffhanger at the end of season one yeah. is Olivia telling Quinn, Do you want to tell them who you are? Or you want me to tell tell them, right? Yeah. Do you so, want to tell them who you really are or should I? Or should I? Yeah. So people held on to that for how long before we came back? Well, this aired September 27th in 2012. And I think our last Scandal episode was like May. So it was like the summer that I got married. Oh, uh, okay. I have this memory of 215 people going like, who so is who are, Quinn? Who is it? Who, who are you? Who is like, Quinn? Yeah. Who is Quinn? And, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I hope I have a job. I hope I have a job. <laughs> and probably the um, writers didn't fully know exactly which direction they were going to go either, no, I would think, right? I don't I mean, think they knew at yeah. all. I don't think they knew at all. Every episode with Hollis Doyle, until this point, he is seen eating or mentioning Gettysburger. Mm, mm. Gettysburger. How good does a burger mm. sound right now? Fuck, I, I would crush a burger right Ugh. now. Like, ugh. I was watching Anthony Bourdain uh, uh, last night, and he's eating a cheeseburger at just uh, like a, you know, one of those like stands outside. He was in like, I don't know, he was like in Jamaica or somewhere, but it was just a greasy cheeseburger, and it looks oh so God. fucking good. I oh. mean, come on. Oh, God. I love it. Ugh. There are three fucking continuity errors in this episode. Photos of Elaine show that she's blonde, but in truth or consequences, the actress playing Elaine is a brunette. A brunette. Oh, this is the best. Yeah. Jesse Tyler is not Adam Shapiro at this time. It's some other dude that they took photos of and they, yeah. whoopsie doodle. Yeah, they didn't know Adam was going to play play the role. Yeah. No. After Olivia and David leave the court, the next scene shows the monument of Iwo Jima with the State House and Washington Monument in the background. But the Iwo Jima Monument is not in D.C. It's in Arlington. That's messed up. Yo, that's messed that's up. That's false advertising. That's, that's, that's that <laughs> continuity. That didn't happen. Were there any winning scenes from this episode? Yes. And what, you're in it. Oh, really? The scene where you end up firing Olivia 
God. And she comes to see you in jail, right? And your other attorney that you hire is there. And mm-hmm. Olivia's like, give me a moment, please. And you're like, fine, give us a moment. And you're yeah. there face off. You know, you and Olivia are going at it and you stand up and we see Quinn's fury, like, come out. You were so good. You were a fucking powerhouse in that scene. Oh, God. I thought I was horrible. No. I was going to ask you, have you ever flipped out like that? I love You've done that, out. right? Oh, yeah. I have flipped yeah? out. Yeah? Well, that scene where you flip out on Olivia, man, I fucking loved it. Oh, I was like, hell so yeah. to say that. Uh, so that's, that I really think, Guillermo, I really think all of Josh's courtroom scenes are fucking unbelievable. Oh, so good. That courtroom stuff is really... Really fun, fun to watch. And so and again, and we hard mentioned- to do. And hard to fucking do. And can we say how much I love, how much we love uh, Jillian Arminante, who played your defense attorney. Oh, amazing. She's so great in this episode. And I looked her so up too, great. and she she had been in two epic movies. One was um, Dogfight with uh, Lily Taylor. What? If you've ever seen that film, it's no. such a great movie. I see nothing. I watch nothing. I do nothing. Um, and then she was in Girl Interrupted with Winona Ryder. Oh, which I whoa. thought was interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Abby is into watching the sex tape herself. I wrote. There's the your ornamental, not uh, instrumental. Yes, which was a big winning a line from scene. Fitz. That's yes. amazing. You are ornamental. Not, uh, not you're ornamental, not instrumental. Oh, so I mean, good. Oh, my God. Fitz and Olivia, it's so slow, and they say hello and hi. I love that this whole time, Huck and Olivia have the best poker face. Oh, Like, they're my God, the ones that have taken um, Quinn and moved her to a whole different state, right? Yes. And changed her identity, and they know this throughout the whole episode and those two have the best, like, poker uh, face. Like, they're not letting anything show. And like, not until the end of the episode yeah. do we know that all of Quinn Perkins is Huck yeah. and Olivia. And Huck is like, she took everything we gave her. We're good to go or something like that. Yo, it made me also think, like, what would I have done in that situation? Would I have been like, fuck yeah, I'm going to do this? Or what I would have, you know, like, flipped no out and ran way. outside of the hotel crying? Like, I, Yeah, I don't think I would have done it. I don't think so either. Like, I feel like that's such a tell about Quinn and who she is that she just was like, okay, I'll just be a new person. Yeah. One of the many reasons we're bringing Josh Molina into this episode is because he's about to embark on the craziest season two, like, so insane. But also, this is the first episode where Josh Molina and Bellamy Young are series regulars. That's right. I can't believe that they weren't always regulars. Me either. Because they're both... So good. So, so present. Good. Their storylines are so important to yeah. season one. They were just guest stars. Guillermo, in a sliding doors, Josh or Bellamy could have booked something or been offered something. Oh, for sure. And we would have had some a, diff, a different first lady and a different Rosen. Yeah, and they would have been unavailable. Like, when you're a recurring guest star, there's nothing in oh, the no. thing that says that you're loyal to that one show. Yeah, yeah. We'll be right back, guys. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Oh, my God. Wait. The most. Oh. The one. <laughs> the only. Whoa. Facial hair. <gasps> I know why. I do, too. <laughs> you Hooray. handsome. We were saying that you might be the most controversial scandal guest. <laughs> as far as controversial, I think I am the closest to having gotten fired without actually getting fired. Do That's you true. Really? I got called to uncomfortable meetings a couple times because of pranks I played. I believe it. I'm not surprised. I also told <laughs> Guillermo before you came on, I was like, I think there's very few people that, jo- that Josh was actually afraid of on Scandal, like fucking with them too much. And it was like Shonda, Betsy, and Guillermo. <laughs> I was like, they're the only three yes, people that true. Josh fucked with. But for some reason actually respected some sort of line Aww. of going too far. Yeah, and based, and based in fear. I think that's true. <laughs> well, I'm only you. scared of Guillermo because I watched the show. Personally, <laughs> he's a pussycat. But, oh but I made God. the mistake of watching a few episodes of Scandal, and I was like, I gotta watch out for that guy. And you were like, this motherfucker's crazy. Yeah, no, he's fucking scary. He's fucking scary. Exactly. Wait, Josh, so the West Wing podcast, when did you start it and when did you end it? March 2016, and then I believe the final wrap-up episode was on my birthday, January 17, 2020. So it was about four years, just shy of four years. Holy oh, shit. Oh, wow. And we did a live show at the Ace Theater. Oh, the Ace. That's huge. Oh, nice. The Ace Theater is fucking massive. Yeah. Fun fact about season one of Scandal. Uh-huh. I was a guest star in all seven episodes of season one, and I remember Kerry once saying to me, so... I'm in every episode of season one and you're in every episode of season one, but I'm a series regular and you, Josh, are a guest star. What what does that mean? I said, you know how at the end of the week you get a lot of money? At the end of the week, I get very little money. And that's what the difference is. Isn't that always a bitch? I've been in those positions and then you always feel bad and your agents are always like, you either got to walk away or, you know, just accept it and keep doing the job. Oh, by the way, that happens now more than ever. Usually I would just stay and keep doing the job for no money because you don't want to lose the job. Yeah, no, I wanted to work for Shonda Rhimes. I had done episodes of, of for course, her private yeah. practice and Grey's Anatomy. You did? You did a Grey's, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Were you adorable? Wait, what did you play on Grey's? I was young. On Grey's, I was uh, Leslie Grossman's husband, and she I love her. needed a fecal transplant. And I had great lines like, no poop, no poop for you. (laughs) You came on to the right podcast, Josh, because we talk about poop a lot. 
We talk about shitting like nobody's business, but wait, Josh, two things. One, we wanted to have you on this episode 201 because congratulations, this is when you became a series regular. So now you can continue your story of why the first seven were you a little bitch. And then the first episode of season two, why did it change? And my other story I want to say really quickly is that when we shot the pilot, you walked onto the set and it is the only time I think I've told you this and your head's about to get big. It's the only time in seven seasons that I saw Shonda Rhimes get starstruck. She loves you so much. <laughs> Josh Molina walked on and she was like, yeah. oh my God, I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. I was like, I'm kind of freaking out too. But she was like, I'm totally freaking out. Like, I love Josh Molina. She was a big West Wing fan, Huge right? Huge West Wing fan. Yeah. And really quickly, you played Seth Hammer on Grey's Anatomy. There it is. That's right. Seth Hammer. It was Hammer time <laughs> for a week. Why did you become a regular? How did this happen? Well, here's what happened. I had been offered episodes of Private Practice and uh, Grey's Anatomy because, in fact, I think Shonda's a big West Wing fan, and she couldn't have been nicer to me when I worked on them. My agents called and said, uh, Shonda Rhimes has a pilot. I'm like, well, doesn't she just want to give it to me? <laughs> like, she keeps offering me episodes. Right? And the answer was no. She doesn't just want to give it to you. She wants you to audition. And then I went in, and I remember very awkwardly, this was really weird. You know, There's like usually a chair for the actor, but there was just a an open space and then there was a chair like next uh, against the wall and I went and I just kind of sat in it next to the wall and then I was like well this can't be right <laughs> you can't be one <laughs> I'm dead and they were like no no that's a weird instinct no why do you stand up and do the scenes and I did them and I felt like it went well and Chanda Rhyme said well that's all I need to see oh wow which you could take one of two ways and I remember calling my agents and going like either I've ruined my relationship with Chanda Rhymes or I think maybe she, they're going to give it to me, like because she said that's all I need to see. Do you remember what the scenes were? I remember one where like I talked about her spidey senses oh, or something. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So scenes with Olivia. Maybe when she knocks on your door and you have the Dartmouth sweater on and you're so cute and you're wearing like a Dartmouth oh, yeah. sweatshirt. Cute. You're very sweet. I think that's exactly what it was. And then what they said was this: you got the pilot, and I was like, I'm thrilled. And there's this amount of money. And I was like, wow, that's pretty good. They said, wait, wait, wait. But you can choose how many episodes you want to be in for the same amount of money. What? <laughs> in other words, it, what it came out to was seven times minimum. Right, right. So they were like, if you want to be in the entire season, you just have to work for minimum in every episode. Or you can take a real nice big check for one or a pretty good check for two. And I was like, oh, I want to, I don't care. Yeah. I, I want to be in all of them. Did you feel like you wanted to be in all of them? Because then you were like, that's going to make my character like, you need it, needed, to keep them. Yeah. needed. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it made it, it seemed like the greatest chance of becoming a regular. And in the end, we actually made a contract where uh, I signed up to do all seven as a guest star. And there was already in the contract that if they were to go to a second season and if they wanted me, I would be a, a regular. And we oh, had negotiated nice. that already. So that was cute. So I was just yeah. desperately like waiting. For, Wait, was yeah. Dan Bukatinsky auditioning for David Rosen as well? Yes, he was. No way. <laughs> Unfortunately, he didn't get it, but he did get an edit. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He also did the audition for Huck, too. Yeah. Well, that shows one of the nice things about Shonda, which is that she is like Aaron Sorkin. She has people she loves to work with, and she'll give you your shot and figure out where she might be able to slot you in. Like, she loves Dan's work, and like, all right, this role, maybe that's not quite right. This isn't, oh, I think we found the one. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. we're lucky to be in her, uh, in her sphere of players. Yeah. When you came on board... And started to like see why I say you're controversial is because our cast is incredibly gushy and huggy and kissy and lovey and texty. And Josh is like, not. Was the West Wing cast like really cool and like, 
whatever. And then you got into our cast and you were like, this is insane. These people love each other way too way much. Way too much. They have to stop hugging at every table read. Nobody fucking cares. Stop. Yeah. I think the West Wing was somewhere on the spectrum between my, like, let's never talk to each other or touch each other. And yes. the scandal ethos of, like, let's be, let's just have a big fucking, friendship orgy. Yes, yes. Somewhere between those two was West Wing. It was probably... Right in the middle. Got it. Speaking of texting, though, I remember Josh did love texting on other people's phones. That's true. And what he would text was, I'm horny. I put it on Twitter. Oh, my God. He never did it to me, but you've done it to Katie. Me, three times. Now, let's set the scene. Ten years ago, I don't think I even had a lock on my phone, to be honest. I mean, I was just that naive and trustworthy. I just remember chasing you and being like, give me back my phone. And he'd get on my Twitter account and he would just tweet from my Twitter account, I'm I'm horny. horny. And then I would just get like days of like, why isn't Adam taking care of that? (laughs) And like, like, just mortified. But that's just the beginning. Have you been a prankster your whole life? (laughs) I have. Indeed, I have. When I guest star in other people's shows, I'm usually well behaved. But then once I start feeling comfortable as a series regular on something, I'm like, now I'm bored. Let's have some fun. Oh, yeah. And I usually feel like I won't get fired. And on Scandal a couple times, it was like, Shonda and Betsy need to talk to me. What did they talk to you about? And were you like really scared? The first time I finished filming a scene and AD came to me and said, hey, don't change out of your wardrobe. You need to go straight to uh, Shonda and Betsy's office. I was like, really? And I said, what about? And she's like, I don't know. They didn't say. And I was, as I was walking there, I was thinking, can't be getting a raise. This <laughs> can't be good. It seems unlikely that this is good news. <laughs> and when I got up there, it wasn't good news. Jimmy Kimmel, who is a prankster himself, had sent me all these codes that allow you to send a text or an email as if it's from a specific person's phone. And I remember writing back to Jimmy like, this is great. Do you think it would be a bad idea to write emails from Shonda Rhimes to people. And he said, no, I think that would be a great idea, but I would wait until scandals off the air. <laughs> and you were like, and then fuck of course, that shit, I'm doing it right now. <laughs> no, I was like, it's April Fool's Day. Like, how can I not do this? And I just wrote an email to Tom Verica, our executive directing producer. And I wrote him an email from Shonda that just said, not cool, Tom. <laughs> he must have lost his shit. Well, as it turns out... He was in the middle of renegotiating <laughs> his contract. Oh my god! I was, this, is, this is just bad timing. His, renegotiating. His Josh, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah, I figured he'd see it. He knows it's April Fool's. He'll probably call me and be like, "Dude, did you do this?" Or he'll call Sean and they'll laugh. But weeks passed, and I was like, oh, "Maybe it didn't even go through. Like, maybe I shouldn't worry about." It. Then I got this thing like, "Go see them in their office." And I sat down. And they started saying like, "Tom Berica got an email." I was like, "Oh, not cool, Tom." Yeah, I did oh. that. <laughs> And they were like, don't impersonate me. I have... How did they even find out that it was you? They didn't. I think they they just went through the... They were like, like it's got to be Josh. Apparently, there was a whole, like, Disney ABC um, investigation oh, happening. Oh, my God. I don't think they, like... I don't think they forensically traced it to me. I think just someone said, like, who's the asshole who's most likely to have done this? I remember vague things after this came out that they were like, holy shit, Shonda thought she had been hacked. They had hired, like people to look through the server and make sure that no one else was emailing on her behalf. It was definitely escalated into something I didn't anticipate, as pranks sometimes do. And uh, that was a bummer. And then the second time, which was really bad, was when 
<laughs> Portia de Rossi, whom I love and played my love interest on and off, she was leaving. She was filming her final day. And so I took, I can't even remember whether it was sunscreen or Vaseline, and I put it under the door handle on the driver's side of her crazy expensive car in the parking spot next to mine every day. I'd be like, oh, a Lamborghini. Oh, a Porsche SUV. Wow. Unbelievable. Look, this is my love language. I wouldn't do it to somebody I didn't like. But I expected to hear from Porsche like that night or the next morning, like, you got me and blah, blah, blah. Never heard anything. Again, weeks passed. Again, I I finished filming a scene and somebody was like, you have to go straight to there. I'm like, no, not this again. And I remember I went up there and uh, I was nervously eating candy from the little candy jar waiting in the Mm -hmm. ante room to, I guess, Shonda's thing. And she walked past me and the first time ever, she gave me a death stare. No. And I was like, oh my God, this is really bad. Like, because usually I can see she like kind of, even though I'm a rascal or whatever, she kind of appreciates me or gets a kick out of me. But this was dead. This was thousand yard stare. Like I just, I ran cold. I'm, I'm sweating actually just telling the story. <laughs> and I went in and I think I said, what is it this time? Like <laughs> try to break the ice. And they were not having it. They were not laughing. And I think I then said, please tell me this isn't about Porsche's oh, <laughs> car door handle. And they were like, yeah, as a matter of fact, that is what it's about. And again, bad timing. It didn't occur to me. The final scene she was uh, filming. Spoiler alert. Can I give a spoiler? Yes, uh... <laughs> Maybe not. Okay. I believe she died by being beaten to death with a golf club. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she was leaving the show. I'm sure that had some emotion in it. She had filmed uh, getting killed by <laughs> golf club for seven hours. Oh. And at three in the morning, she went to her car and she got a handful of Vaseline. And she thought like, wow, somebody hates me. And I was oh, like, wow. oh, no. Uh, and I, I remember saying to them, you're absolutely right to be upset about this. The last thing I wanted to do was upset her. I've talked about doing this thing. I thought she would know immediately. Uh, Here's what I can tell you. I can tell you that I'm going to walk out of this office. I'm going to text Portia. And I give you my word. It's not going to be long before I come back with a text that's like, oh, my God, you got me. And they were like, okay. And I walked out and I wrote to Portia. I said, I'm so sorry. I'm the one who did the Vaseline. You know I love you. And then literally she wrote back like, oh my God, I love it. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> and I walked back in. And I was like, does this get me off the hook? I showed them my phone. God damn, damn you, Josh. My God. I remember Betsy saying, essentially, we are accomplished women who have <laughs> more important things to do then field phone calls from Ellen DeGeneres, who's mad that her wife was pregnant. I was like, you know what? You're absolutely right. This is a reflection on the fact that I am not (laughs) accomplished. I have nothing but free time to do these kinds of things, and it really shouldn't spill over into your busy days. I'm terribly sorry. I would like to continue working here. Please accept my apology. Oh, my God. And Josh, because you are you, you will always get off. Like, oh, I just yeah. think, I mean, I just, yeah. even if it's by the, the skin of your teeth, you yep. will get off. And I don't know why or how you've yeah. made it this far. I mean, that one scared me enough where I don't think I'll skate that close to the edge ever again. Because I was thinking, 
if I have to call my wife and go like, uh, I lost my job at Scandal, <laughs> and, and when she says why, I say, well, I think I think you're gonna get a kick out of this. I put Vaseline. <laughs> she would have beat like, you with the golf club. She would like, have been like, yeah, she, exactly. And she would have been right. Like, what's wrong with you? Grow up. You're in your fifties now. Okay. Oh, next question. God. How the fuck did you? Okay. <laughs> yeah. First of all, I know you shit all over. Well, you're really interesting. Hey, yeah. You there. shit all easy over there. like like being an a- no being an actor and like you I know so. you're not actorly in that, but it's really bullshit because I do think somewhere in your heart you love it. Oh no, I do love it. I'm not. I watched this episode and I was like, I, I'm always thinking I'm going to think for the first time like hey, that was pretty good. Then I watched it and I was like, my voice is terrible. And really? I'm like, so we're like, so yeah, critical of ourselves, though, because no one else is thinking that. I guess so. Josh, you're so You're so good. Fucking. Yeah. I'm not trying to make you say no. it. Oh, no. Oh, we've been saying it. Yo, we've taped how many episodes already, and yes. we are constantly saying how great you are. And this episode doesn't even, well, it doesn't nice. even show the caliber of your work. Thank you. That episode when you wake up and there's a dead woman in your bed, like, you were, oh, that was you were brilliant in that episode. Such great work. Oh, like, you're nice. They really right. wrote you, like, amazing i mean whether or yeah. not it's to your taste they wrote for you sex scenes and murder and fucking jury shit and like you're a school teacher and you're afraid and you're like you got to do a lot of oh, shit yeah. oh absolutely for the first few episodes i thought i was on a procedural i was like this mm. is where you basically give the same performance and the same yeah. character for yeah. seven years or hopefully or eight years nine years and nothing changes then, like, I, whatever, a few episodes in, I was like, what? I read the script, I'm like, well, she's who, You're having what? sex in the shower. Yeah. yeah, I was just yeah. like, oh, this is insane. <laughs> and then a few more episodes later, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm part of the insanity. There's still, by the way, people who can't believe, like, there's a woman who's been tweeting the last couple of weeks, like, not another sex scene with Josh Molina. Like, Shonda, what are you doing to me? Like, <laughs> like, I was like, if you think you were surprised to be seeing me have sex in her, do you think how surprised I was to open a script and be like, I'm having it? Like, you were like, what? you and, you and a- Abby, uh, Abby and David Rosen were like the first couple, I feel like, on the show where we were like, oh my God, these are two oh, yeah. lead characters that we're going to put together, like yeah. in a sexual scenario. Yeah, yeah. And you guys had such <laughs> no, great I was chemistry. Surprised. You guys, I know, you guys were really good. But you were like, also like that that mean big brother who would do shit to Darby like on set. I remember we'd be rehearsing OPA or wherever we had a scene and she would be holding her sides. If she was sitting on a chair that had wheels, you would grab her and wheel her like... 50 feet away you from You did that from to me all we the rehearsing. time, too. Or you would smack her sides I'm out of her nightmare. hand. And she'd nightmare. be like, oh, Josh. There, there are definitely yeah. people listening now. We're laughing as if it's great. And there are people listening now going, he is an asshole. <laughs> like, but you're... Shonda's always talking about her no asshole policy. It's like, how did this go? <laughs> I'm telling you, we've talked about this on this podcast. You won't listen to it, so it doesn't matter. But let me tell you your face. No, I will. We talk about how fucking good you are. And my question is, I don't understand... How you're that good when you don't try, and I try so hard. <laughs> and how do you memorize lines in the makeup chair? Yes. Why does your brain work like that? Like we just watched the episode that where we're like, you sit and you have this amazing monologue where you're like, stab, stab, stab. Oh, how I love to stab! And it's a whole monologue that's ironic. Oh, I remember that. And Harrison is like, stop talking, stop talking. And you just go on and on and on. <laughs> but like, do you never prepare or the night before look over stuff? What's your process? What's the process? <clears throat> That's a good question. Just in case Shonda listens to this, I want to defend myself. <laughs> I take it seriously to on a certain level. I do try. I read a script. 
once to be like, let's see what the story is. Although if I'm probably honest, I read my scenes first. <laughs> I do that too, though. I do that too. Now that it's all delivered electronically, you can just search Rosen, yeah. Rosen, Rosen, Rosen. Like, okay, that's all my stuff. Now let's figure out what's going on. And then when it was Scandal, I would always send the script to my dad. And then I'd be like, so explain to me what's going on. Oh my God. I should have done that. Me and Katie should have done that. Send it to your dad. Because sometimes we'd be like, what's happening? Yeah, I was like, my dad and my mom are like my biggest supporters. And they always watched it. And they kept track of it. I'm actually at their house right now. (laughs) And I would often say to my dad, so like, Talk me through, like, plot-wise. I don't know. Why am I in court? And I'm defend. Um, who, what? I fucking <laughs> love say, this. Like, you remember in season three, and you killed that, and then... That. So they watch no, everything you wow. ever do, like, backwards and forwards, just because they love you and they're so proud of you. Pretty much, yes. That's that awesome. is true. They're very, very supportive Jewish parents. So sweet. I do have a very good memory for dialogue. I don't know what I had for lunch yesterday, but... I can remember dialogue very quickly. Has that changed since COVID or in age? No, I don't think so. Now, now I'm doing plays. I realized how much I had trained myself to learn dialogue quickly and forget it quickly. Like, if, if I did shot this dialogue on Monday, I knew it cold. But on Tuesday, uh, I was gone. So you had yeah. like the best. Guillermo yeah. has that too, like an amazing short-term memory. Yes. You can plug it in, yeah. and then the next day it's right. fucking oh, gone. The minute we walk off set yeah. and that scene is done, it's out of my brain. Like, it's gone. And Katie would be like, let's try to do that scene we did like last month. And I was like, Katie, what are you talking yeah, like, are you about? Talking I can't about? even remember who Theater I was kid. playing. Like what? I would do it for fun. I memorize long haul though. Like I'm such a theater bitch. But okay, if you had a big monologue on Scandal, would you learn it the night before or always in the makeup chair? Like what were you doing? I would definitely familiarize myself with it the night before. Feeling that, and not just out of laziness, but like uh, some some smart person once said to me, like, you want to learn your stuff for TV, but just shy of knowing it cold so that it'll appear yes, like you're yes, finding yes. it a little yeah. bit. Like, you'll seem like a human yeah. being who, yeah. who doesn't sound That's like they've point. memorized yes. something. So I got, I'm very good at finding the line where like, I got it pretty much. I'm going to sleep on it. I'm going to wake up and in the makeup chair, I'm going to nail it down and I'll probably run it with the other person yeah. who's also in the makeup chair. Yeah. And I, But I do remember one awkward day where we were all looking at our sides and I said something like, you know, um, guys, remind me, who's Christine? And everybody just slowly looked at me and they're like, are you kidding? Like the whole season is about this character. Like, I, I don't know. I just remember being really embarrassed. I was like, oh, oh you yeah. were being sincere. Oh, you were like, I really? I, no, I really I, don't oh, know who this being is. Sincere. I was like, I don't understand this scene. Why are we all so obsessed with Christine or whatever it was? And they were just like, what is wrong with you? That was embarrassing. Wait, do you ever think about like, what do I want in a scene or what's my moment before or anything? No, right? Like you just, I just think you have that same actor chip in your brain. Like, it's like you're really yeah. good at text, obviously between Sorkin and this show, like text is not an issue for you. And you're, I'm telling you, Josh, your work in these two seasons, I'm so yeah. jealous because I know oh, you're, you're not writing no, down like my action or my objective or my like, you know, thinking about yeah. beats or shifts you don't you're just there yeah i feel like i have a good instinct for it but the truth is what usually when i watch my work i'm like "Eh, you were fine i'm not i'm not i'm I'm not usually like you suck like i'm horribly insecure but maybe if i did some of those things you're saying i'd be better than (laughs) no (laughs) maybe i'd no i think that's what makes you so good that's not part of your process right i do think that is like i think there's some effortlessness (laughs) to 
something that's so difficult, you making it look like it's so fucking easy. Yeah. This is for ladies and gentlemen. Josh Molina is about to be starring back on Broadway. He's been on Broadway before. If you can catch him, you should. In Leopoldstadt, written by the one and only fucking Tom Stoppard. I already have my tickets. I'm going June 10th with eight family members. Katie, I want to go. Come with me. June 8th. I'm going to see any gladiators listening. Please do come. June 8th. I will be at Leopoldstadt screaming and probably crying. It's that script is remarkable. It's an amazing piece of writing. I was 17, almost 18, and my dad's best friend was and still is uh, Manny Eisenberg, this famous, amazing producer who produced Tom Stoppard's The Real Thing on Broadway. So I got invited to opening night, and as a 17-year-old, I was sitting there, I was just like, the writing like blew my mind. His writing is unreal. And now, literally 40 years later, I can't believe him. See, this is why people keep you around. Really quickly, since we're talking about um, some past work, I'm going to rattle off some of Josh's credits. Give it, give it, give it. This up, and I was like, oh my God, like there's so much and so much epic projects that he's done. A Few Good Men, The American President, Tracy Takes On, Clock Watchers with my buddy Parker Posey, The Larry Sanders Show, Sports Night, The West Wing, Stargate, Grey's Anatomy, iCarly. And my favorite Big Bang Theory, of course. But I'm also like a huge horror film fan. And you haven't been in a horror film, but you were in a thriller called Malice that Aaron Sorkin also wrote, correct? Yes, but I was in one horror movie, what a was horror it? comedy called The Knights of Badass. Oh. And uh, I think Steve Zahn was in it, Peter Dinklage. It was comedy horror about a bunch of LARPers, live action role players. I'm going to watch it tonight. <laughs> And I'm coming over and I'm getting stoned and I'm watching it with you. Yes. It was low budget to begin with. And then they didn't get the full effects budget. I know the director is not happy with like how it turned out. And I, spoiler alert, uh, have my jaw ripped off as I'm being filleted by a wood demon of some sort. Well, listen, I went on Amazon Prime and I bought Malice because I wanted to watch it when I looked up your credits. Uh (laughs) Josh plays this really cute, like resident doctor or nurse who comes out and speaks to a Bill Pullman, but it's a really fun, like old school, like eighties thriller movie. Well, the funny thing, Patrick Marber, uh, the director, when he was talking to me about potentially doing the role said, uh, and you know, it takes place in Vienna, but we toyed with doing Viennese or German and we didn't do that. And it opened in London. So everyone, you know, he said, you, you, you don't have to sound British, but um, you can't sound American. Oh, and I was shit. like, well, can well, I, can I do a Mexican damn, accent? Right? <laughs> like, what the hell? You know, I don't have to, like everyone is sounding British. And I'm so like, you're not even doing we'll like see. heightened American, like, like the Gilded Age or something. No, it's pretty. 50 years ago, you couldn't get a foot in. You couldn't travel without a permit. Mm-hmm. Get a bed That's really tonight. good, Josh. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> Thank you. We will be back with more after the break. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Now that I'm trying to jog my memory about like David Rosen's journey. Okay. So you auditioned for the role. Yes. Shonda was into you. You went, got called to the principal's office a few times. <laughs> you had love interests with Abby, Portia. And were you also Portia. with um, Artemis? Yes. Artemis was lovely. A Susan. Oh, my, and Zoe Perry. And Zoe Perry and off camera, Lena Dunham. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't happen on camera, but dirty, dirty Susie, whatever her name was. Dirty I Susie with the with the wig. Uh, yeah, that why character we, was very why we didn't When we have Shonda back on, we got to ask her. Like, I don't think there's a single character on our show that went through that many so love interests. Many partners, like, what's yeah. that about? For sure, that is just Shonda going, I can do anything on television. I can take the least attractive, <laughs> me- oldest member of my cast and have him have more sex than anyone else. <laughs> and that's, I'm telling you, that's exactly what it is. You were successfully pranked by us and the Jimmy Kimmel show, remember? Oh, Who brutally, Kimmel happens to brutally. be in this episode. Yes, Kimmel is in an episode 201. Yes, that's right. And he's interviewing the congressman, Jacob Shaw, who's the case of the week. Uh-huh. And we love Kimmel, but he approached us. Like, by the end of Scandal, they were like, we want to get Josh. And they spent so much money on this prank. Like, Well, first of all, I had had an idea. And I remember pitching our PR people, like, Bachelor has all these watch parties. And the Bachelor people oh, show up. Right, and they're surprised right, right. and they love it. Like, everybody's having their wine and popcorn Scandal watching parties. Why don't we, like, surprise a few people? And, like, maybe it's a nice way to go out with the final season. And they did it. Through Good Morning America, and Tony was the first, and this was all part of the prank. All part of the prank. Yeah. Then they were like, Josh, you have to do one of these. And I actually really didn't want to. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to do it. But it really speaks to your heart, right, which right. is, as much as Josh Molina is a prankster, smartest person in the room, keeps his life interesting by like really pushing boundaries with people. But Josh, you with fans is ridiculous. Like you give them all the time in the he world. Does. You're nice to say. I mean, I kn- you're very nice to say that. And I know it comes from like, I can't believe anybody's happy to right. see me. <laughs> so I'm like, got to keep your fans happy. Like, so you keep in business and like also just appreciation for people who are appreciating you. Know, like scandal fans are the co- yeah. best yeah. ever. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I did enjoy. So the prank was about them asking you to show at the end of this run. You know, they asked me and Josh to come to a scandal watch, watch party and they, we knew they would be watching scandal. 
candle and we would walk in and it was up to me to convince Josh that he should use a confetti blower thing. And when we come oh in, my God. one of those guns, a confetti cannon. I remember we go in, they're watching scandal. You can see through the window. We pop in with our, with our cameras. Boom. I pull the confetti. And, hey! and like, everyone's laughing and having fun. And then I see the mom in her chair, like, <laughs> seemed really startled by the confetti can clutching her chest so hard for this. and she's actually clutching her chest and i'm starting to think like oh that was this is bad we really we really scared this woman then i'm like oh no she's in actually she's in medical discomfort and i will admit i was nice enough to like i definitely i went over and i think i held her hand and i was trying to calm yes. her down the one thing i did was also cover my ass because i'm thinking that if she dies <laughs> Did I kill her? Is this like second degree man- oh, involuntary manslaughter? And you can God. see me in the actual video of the prank. My face, I'm only being hey. quiet because I can't believe <laughs> he did this. <laughs> no, I'm saying, and I say to her something like, they handed me the thing. Or, they handed me the thing. Else like, you, were, you were like, it wasn't my idea. It wasn't my yeah, idea. Like, I'm, I'm not going down for this. Sort of like, oh my I'm trying God. to lay down my legal case for when. And then next thing I know, I hear. I hear a siren, like an ambulance has been called. And I'm like, oh my God, this is actually happening. And the paramedics burst through with the cot. But one of the paramedics is Jimmy Kimmel. And my mind is like, like, what is going on? And I'm like, wow, you got me so bad. And they throw me into this dredger. I'm deeply embarrassed, but also hugely relieved that I didn't kill this woman. And they wheel me outside. And unbeknownst to me, they were concerned that I would not fall for it. And they wanted a backup uh, friggin' prank. So there's a fire engine in the driveway. And I get uh, sit up and they blast me with the hose from the fire. Oh, so I'm like doubly. My God. What? Oh, yeah. They blasted him with a fire hose. The old lady actress, I had been there all day rehearsing for like three hours, like different ways the scene could go. I have never done a prank in my entire life. I am so wildly uncomfortable with making people upset or feel bad or like pranking to me is like. I'm worst. one of those like, people that that gives it up right away. I'm like, I'm just kidding. This is just, yeah, we're just oh joking. Like God. I can't keep I it going because I feel so bad. But then bad. I remember yeah. the the garage door slowly opening, and there's like, Video oh. Village is in there, and oh, I, yeah. and we all Shit. have earbuds in. Like all the actors in the scene, the older woman who pretended to have a heart attack, Ooh. me. We had earbuds in case the director was like, Oh, I never even thought about oh, that. Oh, it was <clears> insane. <throat> they spent like a billion dollars. It was insane. And also, I remember before we did it. Our publicist, I think it was Kristen Anderson at the time, calling me and saying, do you know if Josh has ever had a heart attack or if someone recently that he loves (laughs) has had a heart attack? Because we want to do this, but we also, like, don't want it to go horribly awry in case it, like... God, we don't know. Like maybe his aunt or someone just yeah. had a heart attack, and he's just going to be oh, like, "Oh, that's actually very sweet." Unwell. Yeah. And I remember thinking afterwards, I wish I had been on to what they were doing. If I figured it out, I could have then pretended myself to have a heart attack and see if I could <laughs> oh flip my the whole God, scenario gosh, on you guys. I, gosh, I wouldn't brilliant. have survived it. I would not I have survived I would, it. Like that would have been the the best. <laughs> oh man, move ever. But unfortunately, it turns out that the fact that you do practical jokes and pranks for 30 years doesn't mean that you're any less gullible than anybody else because I fell for it completely. I remember actually texting Kimmel when I was going to bed the, that night and I was like, well done. And he wrote back to me like, was that real? Did you really fall for that? Wow. Like, he actually almost couldn't believe it. I was like, dude, that was 
A hundred percent real. But how could you not? That wasn't just like a run-of-the-mill fucking thing. I mean, that was like actors who had rehearsed. If we were doing the drop-in for Kimmel instead of Good Morning America, my mind would have went like, this might be a prank. But I don't think Good Morning America is doing this to me. Like, nothing occurs. I love that you have Kimmel's phone number. (laughs) Fucking Katie has Shonda Rhimes' phone number. Josh Molina got Kimmel's phone number. I don't have his number. Uh, Wait, really quickly about this episode. What was the parts you watched last night? night that you thought you were uh yeah (laughs) in the courtroom i have memories of shooting this episode because it was a lot of me and was a lot of a lot of people sitting while i strut around doing things and part of it was literally vocally i was like i don't sound like you want to you know when you're like and isn't it true you want to be one of those well don't you stand up and you say what the hell you keep saying what the hell when they let quinn in this episode to jog all of your listeners memory this is the episode where who is quinn perkins who is quinn perkins but wait okay so you thought your acting was bad you say what the hell a lot what did you feel like when you read this script not about this episode where darby has to put her hand in your mouth or you're something like that. I felt very similarly uh, to the way I felt when I finally watched it. I was like, what? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> like, is this supposed to be sexy? Is this some sort of BDSM? Is this a it pleasurable? Worked, though. It worked. And it was I, hot. I read it. We shot it. I watched it. And I still never figured out what just happened. <laughs> it was Josh, hot. I can't. Um, Okay, wait, 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 wait. There's more, there's more, there's more. Okay, this is the first episode that marked both Bellamy Young and Josh Molina as series regulars. You guys went to Yale, but not mm. at the same time? She is younger than I, so she uh, she knew who I was. She did not. <laughs> she did. No, I, I think because I think we were actually maybe in Guys and Dolls together. The idea that she may have had a smaller role or been in the ensemble and I had a lead is funny because I can't sing and she has a beautiful voice. Did you do a ton of plays in college, Josh? I did, yeah. I was an undergraduate theater studies major. Every now and then people think like, oh, you went to Yale Drama School. I'm like, no, I went to the other one and was a drama major. (laughs) I went to the not prestigious drama school. But I knew I wanted to be an actor already. And my parents were like, for the love of God, get a college degree also. What it was your degree in? Theater studies. Of course, <laughs> yeah. It's not like, yeah, it didn't help me at all with acting and wouldn't have helped me in anything else. Do you remember what the first play was that you did there? I do. I did Christopher Durang's Sister Mary Ignatius Explains It All. Oh, wow. Do you have any memories from the first two seasons that stick out? Do you have any memories from the pilot? Uh, I remember shooting those scenes at the door with Kerry and uh, and a scene in a bar with Kerry. Most of my stuff was with Kerry, and I just remember liking her a lot. Mm. Like, uh, like I just remember vibing. Like, she's cool. First of all, like, whenever the number one person on the call sheet is cool, it's like, yes. this, this is a very good sign. Did you feel like at the end of season one, like, we're definitely going to get a season two? Did you feel like it would was going to be a 124-episode show? I just remember early on thinking it was a procedural approach. And procedurals, if they hit... They last a long time. Yeah, they last a long time. And they're, they, they're worth a lot in syndication because you can play them in any order. And it doesn't matter. Uh, and people can pop in and watch a rerun or whatever. And then once it started turning into this insane show that was burning through plot, I was like, oh, my God, this episode has as much plot as a full season of another mm. show. Like, this cannot sustain. So I started to get nervous. Even as the show was getting like better and more interesting and crazy and it was fun. I was like, this is gonna, this might be a death sentence. We'd already yeah. shot the the president yes. by like the thirteenth episode yeah. in, and it's like, what the fuck are we gonna do? 
No, exactly. Yeah. I underestimated the fiendish creative mind of Shonda Rhimes and her writers because, like, they never had any yeah. problem coming up with seven plots per episode that were completely mm. insane. And, like, oh, they can keep this running as long as they want. Like, this is why I'm not a writer and they are. But then I also remember when it was, like, taking off on Twitter and I was, like, again, literally, like, butterflies in my stomach like i think this may be turning into a right. thing like everybody's talking about it people are stopping me in the street like it, it really was a fun ride with an incredible group of people like, totally. like to get one of those in a career is like more than you can hope for i remember thinking is this going to be like a gray's anatomy situation like are we going to go for like 12 yeah. 13 seasons and then you know obviously shonda knew there was a beginning a middle and an end to the to the show and and she let us know that it was ending. But I think we were all so bummed, right? Because the network wanted us to keep going. I was like, wait, what? I know. I was definitely, I even remember as Shonda was telling us <laughs> in the conference like, call, what? like that she's ending it. I was texting her and we're like, God. Yeah. <laughs> I think like, you were texting me. Works. You were texting me yeah. like, all what feeling is the happening? Same thing. Yeah. Like, how could uh, you? We have the white whale. We have the no. fucking white hat. Yes. You're the best. I'm Thanks so excited this, to see Josh. you in Leopoldstadt. Yes. This was so much fun. I realize how much I'm missing that. When I don't see you, I don't miss you at all. But now that I'm seeing you, I, I really, I was like, oh, I, I, I do like them more than I realized. To our gladiators, I haven't earned a dime since the show went off the air, but thank you <laughs> for that brief window in my life when I didn't have to worry about money for like five years. It was awesome. <laughs> Same. It's all because of you guys. Josh, you're the best. We love you. Love you guys. Tell George we love him and we'll be bugging him ASAP. I'll tell him he's not on the show. Oh my God. People were fucking pumped from these tweets because this was the fucking season two premiere. At ABC Scandal fans tweeted, so ready for at Scandal BBC premiere, hashtag one minute, don't hate, hashtag ask Scandal. And Lisa at Belle Noir uh, tweeted, homemade coconut shrimp, hashtag I'm fancy, retweet, call me Dala. What y'all bringing to the Scandal Watch party? So she made some coconut shrimp and brought it to the Scandal Watch party. Yum. At Everybody Loves DJ wrote, I'm ready to find out who the hell Quinn is tonight. Yeah. Hashtag scandal. <laughs> Ugh, real ya at two underscore tall says, what the fuck is Quinn Perkins? Hashtag scandal. Hashtag gladiators in suits. Everyone's talking about Quinn. At yeah. Chrissy B. Davis wrote, I had so many thoughts as to who Quinn could be. We'll be happy to finally find out tonight. Hashtag scandal. <laughs> I like that. And then Aaron at Aaron J. Cruz uh, tweeted, who of the Scandal cast is the most like the character they play? Hashtag Ask Scandal. That's when we were doing that hashtag Ask Scandal. And then we would, you know, answer as many questions as we could. Yes, we did hashtag Ask Scandal forever. Who do you think is most like the character that they play? Fucking, I think Carrie Washington as Olivia. I think so too. In some ways. In some ways. I, yeah. She's Olivia's not goofy. Right. And Carrie's very But goofy. Carrie's got a lot of Olivia Pope in her. Yeah. I think I and Quinn have a lot of yes. similarities. I think yes, Josh yes. Molina and David Rosen mm-hmm. have some stuff. Everybody has a little bit of themselves you don't. in the characters. I mean, you know, in the in the being quiet and sometimes wanting to be alone, I could see that being, you know, similar to to, to myself and to Huck, yeah. But Hockey um, literally make your voice and the mask of your face different. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> like you do things as your face is Guillermo that you don't do on your face as Huck. That's so true. That's so true. Like yeah. you have a mask that actually like changes, which is fucking amazing to behold. Yeah. The next episode is called Grant for the People. For oh, the people. I don't remember what the fuck happened. I have no idea. But y'all are going to want to listen and stay tuned because you know it's going to be a good time. We got to go watch it now so we're ready for the next episode of this podcast. Any gladiators that don't think Josh Moline is hot enough to have a sex scene, <laughs> leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> he's so hot. I think he's sexy. I think, so I think Josh too. is super sexy. I do too. Yeah. Also, I'm so jealous that he's going to have lunch right now with George Newbern of the Century City Mall. We should go crash that shit right now. He invited us. Did you get that text? No, I haven't even looked at my phone because we're doing a podcast. He texted us yesterday saying, yo, I'm not sure what time you guys stop recording, but I'm going to have lunch with George Newbern if you'd both like to come. Oh, I didn't get I that. Know. But whatever, oh, we don't want to go anyway. That shit is yeah, far. Yeah, yeah. But yo, Josh is so... So freaking smart and talented and fun to talk to. Like, I, I, we could have done this for like three more hours. I know. Like, he's so much fun. I love he's all the, the stories. He's the best. He and he really was an important energy on Scandal. He really he was. was important. Yeah. He has so many great episodes where his work yes. is super yes. stellar. So we, we're definitely going to have him back. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I love you all so much. Thank you for listening. Thank you, everyone. Thank you guys for joining us on Unpacking the Toolbox. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, share with your friends, rate, or leave us a review. Scandal is executive produced by Sandy Bailey, Alex Alche, Lauren Homan, Tyler Klang, and Gabrielle Collins. Our producer and editor is Vince DeJohnny, with music by Chad Fisher. Scandal is a production of ABC Signature, and you can follow along by rewatching Scandal on Hulu. Unpacking the Toolbox is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, visit the iHeartRadio app or anywhere you subscribe to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.